0: Life audio.
1: Hey, welcome to the Happy Rant Patreon only podcast, a very special podcast for our very special listeners. Not our friends, not our families, no, those who give us money via Patreon. I am Ted Kluck, joined, as always, in our very special Patreon studios by my good friends and partners in radio Barnabas Piper and Ron Martin. The setup is simple. Pipe brings to the table one question, uh, which we will then vamp about for eight to ten minutes in a way that is usually more compelling than whatever it is that we've just done on our main show. Uh, Pipe, what do you have for us today?
2: I have a question that is, uh, it's a bit pressing to me because it's something that has come up recently. And it is, uh, it's kind of a two-part question. The first part of the question is, uh, why do people love to give unsolicited advice, particularly about parenting? Uh, and second, how do you handle
1: unsolicited advice, particularly about parenting? Ah, uh, that's good, man. Um, I'll, I'll go first in that. I still have kids kind of in the house. So I have a freshman in high school and a freshman in college. And the way that I handle it, so Pipe, you'll relate to this, and maybe Ron will because he's sort of Midwest adjacent now. Um, I'm pathologically Midwestern, so I can't at any point ever feel, I can't make anybody feel like their advice is stupid or forgettable, even though it usually is. Um, So I'll stand there and kind of stupidly nod. And stay in the conversation for way longer than I want to. And I'll usually even kind of low-key lie and say something like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll try that. That sounds really interesting. While inside having no intention of actually <laughs> trying whatever the thing is. In, inside um, you're full-on
2: East Coast, like, what the bleep is the matter with you? Of course, that's the oh, dumbest absolutely. bleeping advice I've ever
1: heard. Inside, I'm full of rage and resentment, but outwardly, I'm like, yeah, outwardly, this person is thinking, I could probably take a vacation with Ted Cluck. Like, this is probably going to happen. And then, you know, a week and a half later, they like <clears throat> invite themselves to my house, you know. Um, so, yeah, be, being Midwestern comes with a lot of advantages but that's one of the disadvantages um being unable to say no or make people feel bad uh big r how do you deal with it unsolicited advice oh man well, well really but i mean it could be about anything man, you might get it in right. ministry
2: too because i'm sure people have opinions about oh, yeah. all the ways you should run your church that is true
0: <clears throat> you know it's weird because it's like you like you get to this place well i'll go back to the kid thing so you get to this yeah. place where your kid is so old that people start coming to you asking you for unsolicited sure. advice and I'm telling you, man, it's one of those things where I've never felt like I'm an authority with any of that kind of stuff. And that's not faux humble mm-hmm. humility either. It's just it's one of those things where it's like, hey, so, man, when your kid was eight, you know, and it's like and I'm just looking at them. So it's almost in reverse to where they're asking me the question and I'm going, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I don't know. You know, <laughs> and you just kind of come up with something in the spot, which is along the lines of, hey, here's the thing. Like, I promise you, that's not a big, big, big item. That's not a big ticket item. Like, sure. honestly, just relax, pray about it, be patient, don't freak out. The big stuff's going to come in like six years. And even then, I'm going to tell you, just relax and try not to freak out. Mm-hmm. And um, I, that's that's always what it comes down to is just that, uh, that ability to say, I know it feels overwhelming and enormous right now, but I'm telling you, um, you're, you're going to look back and you're going to go, that's what I was sweating out, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I guess point. that is, that is advice. That is some advice, but it's never like, Hey, take these nine steps. Cause I, I never had those nine steps. I didn't acquire any of those steps. So yeah. I never feel like I have them to give. And I was never, so me and big M we were never like the, uh, Hey, I just bought the new parenting book. So right. that we, you know, I just bought the new, we never locked into that kind of stuff, which is probably why we made so many just, uh, torrential mistakes. Mm. But, um, uh, I don't know. It's, all those things are so tricky and they're so subjective. And at the end of the day, it's like, dude, I mean, you just, you're just going to need to pray and you're going to need to, um, trust the Lord has your kid. I don't, they're, they're, Cause there's not a lot of magic, you know, in all these things. So yeah, yeah.
1: I don't know. That's good. Pipe. What do you, how do you handle this <clears throat> unsolicited advice?
2: So I'm, I'm like halfway between, uh, you know, so when, you know, when, when my, so my daughters are, are, sophomore in high school in uh, seventh grade right now. So when they were, you Mm. know, a few years ago, it was a lot of, oh, I remember when mine were that age, let me tell you. And I was like, I mean, (laughs) I'm gonna let you tell me because the alternative is just going, no, shut up. Yeah. And that there's enough, there's enough human decency in me to not do that. Uh, and I don't get that as much. I feel like, and maybe it's, maybe it's the nature of being at a church that, uh, has a lot of younger families, so the vast majority of the kids at our church are are younger than my kids. So I don't get a ton of unsolicited advice from people who are further down the road with just so much wisdom to offer. And I occasionally get the kinds of questions that Ronnie talked about, which my answer is very similar. It's, I usually just try to keep it really simple because mm-hmm. I I I abhor almost all Christian parenting books that I've read because they all add up to a plus B equals perfect child. Even if they're like, mm-hmm. "This is grace-based parenting. This is shepherding. Whatever." Right. You're like, "No, it's not. Right. This is a formula for having a kid who is you think is sanctified." Um, yeah. So, yeah, I I usually, depending on who it is, if it's somebody I actually respect, I will politely listen. If it's somebody mm-hmm. who I think you have no business giving me advice, I will. I will try to very obviously dismiss them with my responses. So not a like, uh-huh. why are you talking to me? But just sort of like the full on corporate, I'll take that under advisement kind of thing. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah. file
2: that in the circular, that sort yeah. of response so that they just get the hint of like, that That was, this is, this is not a suggestion box. You don't get to just come here and drop your little card of how we should do things better in my life. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe that's arrogant of me. The piece that I don't understand is why people feel like anybody wants their unsolicited advice. Yeah. Like being being, but, a, being asked for advice is this feels like a good exchange. This is you are, you're seeking something. You're asking me, maybe I have it, maybe I don't, but that's a good, like we're, it's a good starting place. The right. understanding here, minding my business, drinking my coffee and somebody comes up and goes, I remember when my kids were that age and you're
1: like, Lord almighty, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Why does that happen? Why is like. What I think facilitates we're, we're, that? we're conditioned to do it for like fairly trite kind of banal reasons. So like everybody does it with their chiropractor, right? Like, <laughs> Oh, you gotta, you gotta go see my guy. He's amazing. You know, when in fact he might be amazing or he might be mediocre, but the fact of the matter is you really only know one chiropractor, right? Um, but we're kind of forever doing that with things that don't matter, and then maybe there's a certain personality type that becomes super comfortable with just giving advice like all over the place about everything and things that do matter even. Um, Pipe, I have a quick question for you. And I know Ronald's got to hit the road here in a couple minutes. What's the like, because you work in the church you work in, what's the trendy thing for like young parents now? Like, what are they all into? Um, oh, it's been a while since I've yeah. been in, in that game.
2: I It has been a while and I... We have we have a an encouraging variety of parents, mm-hmm. um, so it's like uh, you know we we it's not like I was at a church for several years where like eighty percent of the family's homeschooled, and so it was like it was pretty monolithically cultured there, or churches where yeah. Were, yeah. 80% of the kids go to like two schools. You know, it's very, very neighborhood regional kind of thing. We have like homeschool families and public school families and and like granola crunchy families and you know, very yuppie families and kind of all over the map. So I don't think there is a trendy thing. The the one thing that I noticed amongst young fam- amongst young families is it seems like parents of young children feel more pressure than ever to like yeah. craft their children. They want like yeah. curated curated children. You know, Definitely. it's so, so for example, I remember when my kids were little, it was like a light bulb for me when I realized you know, giving your kids a bunch of toys and stuff is not as valuable as doing things that they will remember joyfully later. You know, the creating yeah. memories. Well, creating memories is now like an industry and it's a standard. Right. And so like mm-hmm. I watch people, you, you see their Instagram feed and it's like every weekend, it's like, we're at the horse farm and we're at the, the corn maze and we're at the music festival for <laughs> munchkins and we're whatever. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm I'm yeah. exhausted. At, you're like, it's, you know what else makes memories? Lying on the floor and watching cartoons on a Saturday morning with your kids. Oh, totally. that's, a, that's a memory totally. too. Chill out.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and what's crazy now that you mention that is, I, I'm in the college business, I teach college, so I get I get their curated kids. And their curated kids are not perfect. Um, they're still kind of resentful. Um, I think the only thing that actually works is genuineness. Yeah. Like the only kids that show up at college and they're not angsty and they're not ready to rebel are the ones who really knew their parents. And whether that was laying around watching cartoons or throwing a football or doing whatever. um, As long as there was like genuine enjoyment there that ran both ways. I think those are the kids that kind of have a shot at it. But uh, but yeah, the the kind of books that you're talking about um, or even the kind of trends that we see in parenting. You're right. It's all about curating a certain kind of kid, which you just can't do. Like, I I think that's a, a fool's errand.
2: Yeah, and I mean I'm I, I get frustrated often because my kids are are uh they're pretty strong personalities, but mm-hmm. at the same time they're very strong personalities have probably kept me from making certain mistakes cuz like these are not malleable yeah. kids. I <laughs> Yeah. I can't yeah. turn them into anything. So it's basically sure. put me in a spot where I'm like, well, I I have limitations on how much I can I can mold them. But that's good because now I'm not turning them into my version of what a good kid is. It's more just like, can I give them bumpers on their life as they just like roll away kind of thing. Mm. And uh, and that's where I think I think the what Ronnie was talking about. He's had to jump off the the podcast now. But what Ronnie was talking about, people seeking advice is Mm -hmm. is people who are still like, how do I make the perfect kid? I think that's often the the sort of uh, the kind of panicked instinctive response. And yeah. yeah, and what he's saying with what, what my instinct now is, is kind of like chill out. It's going it's yeah. to be OK. <laughs> Just have, yeah. have fun with your kids instead of like making fun for your kids. I think that's that's another big thing is like if you're enjoying yourself and they're enjoying them themselves at the same time, it's going great.
1: Yeah. If you're no, like, these I'm... are
2: good memories and you will like them. Well, that's not a good memory.
1: Absolutely.
2: I have a uh, a rather pointed question that could be controversial, <laughs> not to you or wow. I, but it will be, it, you know, it's going to offend somebody, which is why we do yeah. this on Patreon. So that people, uh, people we're have fitting, an obligation to pay us to be mad. Yeah. we're The question is this, are we obliged to like other people's children?
1: Oh man, that's good. We could do a whole episode on this and I kind of hope we do at some point. I'm pretty forthcoming with people in my church and especially people in my small group about how I don't like their kids and how it's, it's nothing personal. I just don't like kids that much. Um, and and it's become a thing that we can all kind of laugh about. And I still do the things that I need to do. I mean, I still open my home up to them and to their kids, but like, I I think the understanding is I'm not going to do this sort of performative thing of pretending that it's cute when your toddler, like, rips all the dvds off my shelf and like laughs you know or or when you're and this happened at one of my small groups when your toddler like eats a brownie and then sort of motorboats my sofa to wipe his face off like i'm, I'm not pretending that that's cute i don't enjoy it um what's so the matter with you understood? ted why,
2: why is your heart hard why are
1: you why are you broken dude so this this is a real thing though like i <laughs> I, I wonder sometimes if my heart is hard and i'm just like there's something i'm not seeing i i know the kids are a gift from the lord i know that they're like um beautifully and wonderfully made and all that stuff but when the kid is like motorboating my sofa i'm like please stop this is bad don't do this you know well
2: you also i mean this, okay if we're gonna go biblical on this uh yeah. spirit the spare the rod and spoil the child is a biblical principle you know yeah. like raise up a child in the way he should go uh Uh, conceived in sin there's another one like there's there's a there's a lot there that also says you know kids are a gift but also they need they need a whole lot of guidance help discipline to to get where they need to go yeah um so i i'm not quite as forthright as you on this i'm more like i will put on a good face when i'm around your annoying child not your annoying child other people's and then vent about your annoying child my entire mm-hmm. drive home later yeah. um yeah. but yeah i i i don't see any obligation to like other people's children except for the fact that it is socially unacceptable to look somebody in the face and go hey get your kid in line they're a jerk like yeah. that that's that's not acceptable which yeah. is a bummer because that's what a lot of parents need to hear
1: yeah no i i agree 100% and I'll give this one caveat, though. There are kids that I genuinely enjoy. And I, I sort of treat kids the way I treat adults in the sense that, like, I'm going to talk to you like I would talk to anybody else. And if I enjoy the experience, then I'm going to keep having it. You know, like there's this kid at my church. He's awesome, dude. He's in like third or fourth grade. His name's Jerry, which is amazing. It's a great and, for like an eight year old. What a great name for a dude, little. It's kid. Fantastic. And Jerry wears like big belt buckles and cowboy hats sometimes. And he always comes up to me in church and chats me up. And he's always like, he's like, Hey, Mr. Ted, how was your week? You know? And I'm just like, this kid's awesome. Like, no, I I know 50 adults and no one, none of them care how my week was, you know? So I always have a pleasant, like five or six minutes with Jerry at church. And it's a, it's a good time. Um, so there there are kids that I like. Do you go out of your way then to tell Jerry's
2: parents that Jerry is awesome?
1: Oh, absolutely, yes. dude. I always okay. text Jerry's dad. I'm like, hey, just FYI, your kids are amazing at talking. You know, they're all super fun to be around. Um, yeah, because it's noticeable, you know. It's, like, really noticeable. And, you know, when when you like them, you like them. Well, and I think the flip side of
2: this is that I we, – we've talked about this on podcast before about being a pet owner. You know, like, yeah. Ron, Ronnie hates dogs. I think you're kind of on the mm-hmm. l- less, less enjoyment of dogs because yeah. – you know, so many dog owners just assume that, that everybody loves having their space invaded by a licking <laughs> furball. Yeah. I'm a dog owner, and I like dogs. Um, mm-hmm. But my assumption is that other people don't like dogs. Yeah. Which means that I would like to keep my dog constrained and maybe even away from other people until they let me know they would like the dog around. I kind of yeah. feel the same way about small children. Yeah. Like, my yeah. my uh, my children are... I mean, my children now I, I can release them into the wild and they do fine. But like when they were, you know, four yeah. and seven, I, my assumption was not everybody wants to interact with small children. So like, I'm going to, I'm going to keep them constrained until somebody else yeah. like sits down on the floor and starts like playing blocks with them. And I'm like, oh, that person really likes little kids. Yeah. And, and it seems like so many parents go through life thinking, oh, you are, a, you are obliged to interact with my kid exactly how I interact with my kid. You're their mm-hmm. jungle gym. You're their napkin. You're their Kleenex. You're their <laughs> yeah. you're their microphone so they can scream into your ear. Like yeah. none of these things are true. I will remove your child from my space if they act like that because I, I'm yeah. not under obligation like that. That's the weird thing for me is that parents think the world must interact with their kids the way they do, even if they're bad at it.
1: Yeah. No, that's true. And, um, yeah, I always appreciate and gosh, I sound like I'm 94, but I always appreciate a parent who parents, and that makes everybody else's job so much easier. And it makes it pleasant to have people over to do a small group or whatever when when you know that like, um, the the kid's not going to be like parkouring on on and off all of your furniture and just tearing your place to pieces. But uh, yeah, I've, I'm 94. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, me too. I've been
2: 94 yeah. for since I was like. 20 um, yeah. on that front. Have you ever, have you ever had the situation where you're talking to somebody it, for us, this is usually going to be a church because that's where most of our sort of familial interaction is. And yeah. they're like, you know, they're bemoaning the fact that they don't get invited to somebody's house very much or something like that. And you know yeah. in your mind it's because they do not want your terrible children at their house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How do you
1: navigate that situation? Or do you just kind of nod knowingly and go, hmm, that's that's tough? Yeah, it's weird. I'm getting like I'm getting more honest in my old age, which is scary. Like I, I don't trust myself <laughs> as much anymore, but like I'm doing, I'm doing less of the, I used to lie to people a lot in, in that Midwestern way of, of saying things like, Oh, we should get together. You know, we should totally get together. But if there's someone who I know whose kids are a nightmare and I don't want them in my home, I'm I'm not even saying it. Like, I'm not even like dangling that out there rhetorically um, because I never want to follow through on it. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's just weird. There would have been a time where I would have felt obligated. Um, but yeah, I don't want to go away from an interaction like resenting it. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to whittle as much resentment out of my life as I possibly can. And, um, kind of putting myself in the, like in the path of the oncoming freight train of resentment is not a thing I want to do oh yeah i i yes absolutely i think
2: i tend to judiciously avoid those situations so it's just yeah it, it has more to do with deflection than honesty i'm yeah. i'm not willing to look somebody in the face and go you probably don't get invited over because your kids are a pain because yeah. that that's like yeah
1: that would be you a know, bridge too far that'd be too yeah much. that yeah. would cross
2: the line even if it's entirely accurate nor yeah. am i going to be like oh i'm so sorry I would just, yeah, I'm just going to kind of let that one slide and let the silence be pregnant and then change the subject. All right. One one last question for you on this topic. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you have, you have two teenage sons, one of whom is at college, one of whom's high school. I have a middle Mm -hmm. schooler and a high schooler. Um, what are the things that you hear as a parent that are the most sort of affirming? Like, Oh man, we've done a few things right. And you know, It just sort of, you can kind of breathe easier. It takes a load off when you hear it about your kids.
1: Yeah, no, that's really good. And I'll I'll say by and large, in our church at least, like I I love other people's teenagers. Like I really enjoy chatting with them. And I think that I hear about my own kids. um, And it's the things that any parent would want to hear. Like they're kind, they're respectful. They say thank you um they're good to everybody in their class you know there's there's a sense of you know he talks to everybody you know what i mean he doesn't just talk to the cool people or whatever and those are the things that as a parent like really they really make you feel good he's quick to apologize right so i'm under no sort of illusions that my kid is going to be perfect but if he's quick to show remorse, if his heart is tender and soft and teachable, then I think we're doing something right, and mm-hmm. it's good to hear those things. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. I I think the uh, I also
2: I love to hear I love to hear how they are when I'm not around in a good way. You know, the honesty they have with with friends or small group leaders the stuff yeah. that's like okay good this is this is their group of people they can be totally yeah. themselves their sense of humor their uh yeah. that kind of stuff and so that that stuff comes out the thing that i've learned just in the last couple of years is that those compliments they, they make me feel good they really yeah. matter for my kids yeah so yeah. going back to them and being you know cuz kids kids catch a lot of especially if you're in ministry kids catch a lot of crap yeah. where you know people come to me and complain and that stuff rolls downhill. So I want to kind of roll the compliments downhill too and be like, Hey, one of your youth leaders just mentioned, they saw you, you know, interact with a new kid like this. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. Really proud of you for doing that and just kind of
1: reinforcing it that way. Absolutely. No, that's huge, man. And that's, that's kind of how they learn how to interact and they learn what you know we value and what we celebrate not only in the home but like in the church and what kind of behaviors are aspirational and um those are all really good things and uh yeah there's a, there's a lot to like and i think you know certain people are just inclined or less inclined to enjoy little kids and i, I hear a lot of people complaining about teenagers but i love teenagers oh like, absolutely. i really enjoy yes. the company of teenagers and uh i think different people are just gifted for different things but uh yeah i probably,
2: i think ahead. well yeah. one last thing i think people complain about teenagers because they want to interact with them like little kids and it doesn't work yeah yeah and yeah. if if you walk up to a teenager and you treat them like an adult yeah a they will be entirely caught off guard until they're very comfortable with you yeah but b you will find aspects of who they are as a person that you would not find at all. If you're like, we're going to treat them like, like kids, like, you know, kind of the silly teen ministry or whatever. My, Mm -hmm. my daughter's friends are hilarious people. They're so fun to talk to and they're, they're caught off guard when you just shoot straight with them. You ask them questions, you make jokes, but they're like, they're, they're a ton of fun to be around as long as you don't treat them like they're small children.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because they want, they want to be, you know, talk to in a shooting straight kind of way. You know, I, th- I think that's what they want because it conveys respect. And um, yeah, it's, it's a blast when you get to that level with your kids and with their friends. It, it can be super fun. Pipe, what do you got? All right. It's a very simple question that
2: allows us to to unburden our souls. Okay. What it, the, here's the question. <laughs> What is parenting yeah. advice you wish you had gotten
1: as a young parent? Ooh. Parenting advice you wish you had gotten as a young parent. That's interesting. You know, I will unburden myself on this one and I'll be I'll be interested to hear you on it too, Pipe. I wish especially with Tristan we had been better at like being more open to him having friends over more often. Uh, But I think because we didn't really like kids (laughs) and we didn't want our house overrun with little boys, we always kind of farmed that out. You know what I mean? We always let that happen somewhere else. And you know, whenever I read books or stories or even just hear anecdotes about great parents, there's a certain kind of great parent that's always like, Oh, our house was the hub. You know, we had a ping pong table and all the video games. And we just wanted our kids with their friends at our house. And I'm like, yeah, that wasn't me. Uh, Oof. I really dropped the ball on that one. Um, It definitely wasn't me. Oddly enough, I think it's kind of me now. Like, now that my son's 19 and he, you know, we have a cigar room in our house. Like, he wants to bring his friends over now and it 's easier to have them now, so i 'm glad it 's happening better late than never kind of thing, but I think we could have been a lot better at like being more open to having kids over when the boys were young huh, um, yeah. what 's one for you Pi um t- uh,
2: there's there's two that come to mind. The first is I wish somebody had basically walked into my apartment because we lived in an apartment when when my oldest daughter was really little. And just grabbed all the parenting books off the shelf and been like, "Here, let me take, let me unburden <laughs> you of these. These are, Ooh, yeah, because for for I would say there was there was low grade residual guilt for s- all the way up. Mm, I'd say the first eight or nine years of her life, um, mm-hmm. feeling like I'm not shepherding my child's heart, I'm not parenting with grace, I whatever. All these all these stupid Christian parenting books." And that, that yeah. essentially talk about the grace of God and then create a list of commandments to follow in order yeah. to have a great Christian kid. And I sucked at it. Yeah. And I wish I had just yeah. realized it's okay to suck at those things as long as you are actually living in the grace of God. And then just sort of inviting yeah. your kid into that. Like there's, there's no – these are these – are, I think they're well-intentioned but they create a burden of law. So I wish that's one was just basically like here, ignore these. They're too much for you. <laughs> They're not going to go yeah. well for you. The other one yeah. was, uh, parenting can get better as your kids get older. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's no reason I that's didn't, en- I, I've always, I mean, I've always loved my daughters, you know, but mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy raising young kids. I was bad yeah, at it. Same. I don't resonate with young kids. I don't have any fun with young kids.
1: And, and so like, I
2: would see, I would see these other, you know, the kinds of dads who are constantly like, they get home from work and they're like rolling around on the floor with their kids and all this stuff. And I was like, I don't want to do any of that, (laughs) which must mean I'm terrible. Come to realize, like once my kids could ride bikes, once my kids could carry on conversations, like parenting only got better. Like I have way more fun as a parent now than I did when they were four and two. And I wish somebody had been like, it's okay. Like you can be a really loving father without being the fun dad. And you grow into really good relationships with your kids. It would have just taken, I basically, all of that amounts to, I wanted the pressure taken off of me to be some sort of quintessential dad.
1: Yeah, no, that's good, man. And, and you know what I think sucks I can't fully tell this story without outing certain people, but I really am, am wary of people who platform themselves as any kind of an expert on parenting. Um, you know, we have, you know, all Christian colleges have Royal families. You probably had Royal families at Wheaton, you know, like names of people who generations of this person has gone to Wheaton or union or Taylor or whatever. And, like I found out recently that one of these royal families that we have has a they do like a parenting podcast and it's not doing their son any favors because now everybody's scrutinizing him. You know what I mean? Like he has to be perfect just by sort of proxy or by um it, by nature of his association with like mom and dad wanting to platform themselves as like yes. the the last word on parenting. And I just think that whole thing sucks. What do you think? Oh, absolutely.
2: I one of the things I'm very grateful for about my parents is that, you know, both of my parents are authors. Uh my dad is mm-hmm. obviously a very public figure. Mm-hmm. He doesn't comment on parenting because it it has been yeah. a challenge for our family. They we some of that's very public, some of that is just behind the sure. scenes. There's there has been some some significant difficulties in the relationships between kids and parents, kids and kids, not like Hatfields mm-hmm. and McCoys, like fighting, but just right. some real pain, some real brokenness, and uh, yeah, and so he he's not about to get up and be like, "Here are seven principles of yada yada yada," and <laughs> yeah, and you know, he's occasionally talked about like family worship and family devotions and things like that, and that's about as far as he'll go. Which mm-hmm. I mean, I have enough scrutiny on me just because I, I shared a gene pool and a last name. Um, if he had gotten up there and been like, here's how to raise awesome kids. I, yeah, like that might've, that, that would have, that would have been the straw that broke the camel's back kind of thing. I, yeah, I think I wish more people would talk and write about parenting in a way that is very open-handed. Here are a few things that we've learned that have helped us. I also mm-hmm. wish nobody would write about parenting until they have grown kids. Yeah. In in the same way that nobody yeah. should write about marriage until they've passed like their 40th wedding anniversary. Like you know <laughs> yeah. there's there's just there are stages of life that like congratulations you have a well-behaved 10-year-old when that kid's 19 all of the pent-up annoyance at your legalism is going to come out potentially. Yeah. So yeah, like I Yeah. If you know, like, I think I think Paul Tripp wrote a parenting book like two years ago. His kids are like thirty. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right to me. <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, that's the time to do it. It's also when you can honestly look back and be like, "Here's how I botched it." Which I like. Yeah. I would I would love to read a book about by a famous Christian who's like, "Here's how I sucked as a parent." I would find great encouragement yeah. in that because I could be like, "Hey, I didn't suck in that way. <laughs> I'm better than he is." But that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you on the platforming yourself as a parent thing. Like it should to be done very open handedly, and also with a lot of
1: tenure. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, you kind of gotta, you got to take a wait and see because if you do it when they're too young, yeah, you run the risk on like taking the victory lap too early, and and we should probably never take the victory lap. You know, there's something to be said for just kind of humble obedience in the same direction on the on the parenting thing well and that's that's Uh, another thing that
2: that's another thing that reminds me of a piece of advice i wish i had gotten early which i i came to realize and it was it was such a massive relief and it was basically like you're not the holy spirit you know your best efforts at perfect christian parenting are not guaranteed to create a perfect christian child or even a christian child at all that's that is in the holy spirit's hands which once i realized that i realized oh my job is not to turn my kid into a christian my job is to invite my child and kind of basically put them in the way of christ where like they're just going to they're going to intersect periodically and with consistency and and let him do it and that's where like there could be awesome parents with terrible grown children and I would like to hear them talk about that. Hey, we tried it. We tried all of these things. We were humble in this way. We failed in this way. Our kids don't walk with the Lord. That's heartbreaking. Nobody wants to talk about their kids publicly. That's probably wise, but those things would be more encouraging to me than some sort of, you know, Uh, triumphalistic eight steps to having, you know, the next John
1: Calvin as your son or whatever. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, there's, there's too much of that in the marketplace already, for sure. Pipe, that was really good. We've, we've done what we always do on this Patreon-only program, in that we've talked about a thing that we've just talked about maybe better than we talked about it on the original program. But uh, I enjoyed it, man. I always appreciate your perspective. And until next time.
2: We want to take a moment to thank the team at Life Audio for partnering with us on this podcast. Be sure to go to lifeaudio.com and take a look at the other podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible
0: study, parenting, and more. Do you want to better understand the Bible and give biblical answers to those who ask you about your faith?